All right, so last week, last week wasn't the best sermon to recruit people to follow Jesus. Because we kind of talked about life, we kind of talked about the life of a Jesus follower, and that sometimes it is difficult. There's things like deny yourself, take up your cross. There's, there's things about sacrifice and persecution. And last week we looked at that people, the world, is going to hate us. And those aren't easy things to live with. Those aren't easy things to actually know you're getting into and choose to get into them anyway. But, you know, I think I did not mention last week, and I think it's important that I mention this week, is there are mountaintop experiences following God. There are those times in your life when when you are just moving with God and you're watching just the Spirit of God just kind of roll out in front of you, pushing back the darkness, and we see the strength of our Father, do amazing things in the world, in the lives of people. But sometimes, sometimes climbing up that mountain can be hard because it's steep and it's rocky. And that's, that's just the reality of it. But we landed on this simple truth last week, that we, we have been chosen, we have been appointed for a purpose, and we have been sent that we would make a difference in this world. So this morning, as the text kind of goes through chapter 15, Jesus will begin to talk about the Holy Spirit. And we're going to just kind of look at the ministry of God's Spirit as as it's kind of laid out in, in the text that we're going to be looking at. And, you know, it might, be, it might seem just a little bit boring. There's not a lot of just like, whoa, moments in this. But we are going to end up landing somewhere at the end of it. And I will probably guarantee you that most of you are going to be a little surprised where we end up. And some of you are going to be uncomfortable. That's the best part for me. And, but, but we're going to get there, but it's going to take us a few minutes to get there. And so if you're uncomfortable at the end, it means the Spirit of God is going to be working in you. So let us begin. I'm going to pray before I actually read the Word of God here. God, I want to thank you for your grace and your mercy. I want to thank you for Jesus and the gift of your Holy Spirit. And now, Lord, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart will be acceptable in your sight. My rock and my redeemer. Amen. All right, John 15. When the advocate comes, these are the words of Jesus. When the advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. And you also must testify, for you have been with me from the beginning. Now, in chapter 14, it's Jesus said he's going to pray, and the Father is going to send the Spirit. Now, here he says that he is going to send the Holy Spirit. We cannot look at this as any contradiction in the Scriptures. In fact, this is an affirmation. This is an affirmation of the intimacy that the Father and the Son have. They are one. This is an affirmation of the intimacy between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, that they are one. And Jesus is going to send the Advocate. The point of this text is 
that when the Spirit comes, it is going to testify witness about Christ. It's going to affirm who he is, affirm his teaching, affirm his his earthly presence, affirm who he was and and what he was doing. But now there's something in there for the disciples, though. They just can't sit back, relax, and let the Holy Spirit do all of the work. Jesus says, you have a responsibility. In all of this, you, my disciples, need to go out and testify about me also. You've been with me from the beginning. Jesus is telling them, you've seen all of this. I have spoken to you face to face. You've seen the miracles. Now go out and share it with the rest of the world. And I would say that every follower of Christ has the responsibility to be a witness for Jesus. Each, each one of us has that responsibility to speak and to share grace and reconciliation and mercy and forgiveness. We cannot leave it for you know, the other people. Those people that are just really gifted in it, those people that, you know, they know all the chapter and verse, and it's really easy for them. See, that's, that's just an excuse. It's a very popular excuse, and we, I think we've actually graduated that excuse, and we call it a reason, but it's not a reason. It's an excuse. We are all called to share and witness about Christ. Now, I understand that for some, it's gonna, there's going to be different levels of that, and that's okay, but all of us. All of us have a responsibility to share, to affirm who Jesus is, to live out the love of God in the world and to share his mercy and grace. It's, it's, it's what we're called to do. Now, in saying that, kind of our responsibility, we have to always remember that it is the spirit of God that is the significant agent of change. God does work through us. In fact, it's his joy to work through his people. But it is only the spirit that can change a person's heart towards God. It's only the spirit that can bring significance to the truth when the truth is spoken in words. One theologian writes it this way. God's Holy Spirit does not teach the facts of history. He reveals their meaning. All this I have told you so that you will not fall away. They will put you out of the synagogue. In fact, the hour is coming when those who kill you will think they are offering a service to God. They will do such things because they have not known the Father or me. I've told you this so that when their, when their hour comes, you will remember that I warned you about them. I did not tell you this from the beginning because I was with you, but now I'm going to him who sent me. None of you asks me, where are you going? Rather, you are filled with grief because I've said these things. But very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. About sin, because people do not believe in me. About righteousness, because I am going to the Father where you can see me no longer, and about judgment because the prince of this world now stands condemned. Jesus continues to tell his disciples that yes, 
things are going to be difficult. In fact, the people that are going to kill you, remember we mentioned that last week, which is just kind of messed up. The people that are going to kill you are going to think that they are doing a favor to God. They think that they are going to actually, they're doing a service for God. And the reason why these people think that, because they don't know the Father, and they don't know who Jesus is. And so they have it all wrong. And he tells them, I'm, I'm going away. And it's, and it's good that I, that I go away because Jesus, he's not going to leave us alone. He goes away so he can send us the advocate, the spirit that will come upon his disciples and that we can also receive. You see, Jesus has yet to be glorified. So the implication here is that the cross is critical and is crucial in God's plan of reconciliation and salvation. Salvation is solely based on the atoning work of Jesus Christ on the cross. And the Spirit cannot come in its full measure until that work has been completed. And so the Spirit will work in the believer. The Spirit will also work in the world. Those people, those groups of people, those institutions who stand in direct defiance of who God is. The Spirit will work in their worlds. This is the only place in Scripture where it actually says that the Spirit is working in the worlds. John wants us to know that this is, this is something that's, that's important because the Holy Spirit goes before the church of God and it's going to convict and condemn the world outside. And he's going to do it in a threefold manner. He's going to do it in three areas. First in sin, and then in righteousness, and then in judgment. It's going to show without a shadow of a doubt that the world has no idea what those things really mean. They have, the world has no idea what those things actually stand for. Remember, it was the world who thought Jesus to be a sinner and they to be righteous. And they ended up killing him because they thought he was a sinner and they were the righteous ones. And they had it completely backwards. And so the sin that we, the world will be convicted of is, is the sin of unbelief. People putting themselves at the center of all things. People making themselves the center of their worlds, making themselves their own God. In fact, Romans, it talks about how sin is really just making something other than God the ultimate thing in your life. All that moral failure and stuff, that's just a consequence of sin. Sin is making something in your life more important than God. And the Spirit is going to convict the world of that. First, it brings in a guilty verdict. The world stands guilty, condemned. But there's also something that takes place on an individual level because the world will convict the sinner's heart that they are a sinner and they are in need of Jesus. You see, without that, no one can come to that realization. You don't get there by yourself. It's the Spirit of God that is wooing you and tugging and pushing at you, revealing the depth and the darkness of our heart. And the righteousness is only the righteousness of Christ, period. 
It's about him, and it's established, it's established by him. And so it's only the work of the Spirit that can reveal the righteousness of Christ to people to clearly define what that is. And this is not about gaining merit. This is not about getting it right. This is not about making it happen. Remember a while ago, we talked about this idea of moral deism, that behavior becomes the most important thing in our lives instead of pursuing God. We cannot have righteousness outside of Jesus Christ. Righteousness comes from him, and only him, and comes from his work on the cross. It's Jesus plus nothing. To be made right with God is to come under the blood of Christ and his atoning work on the cross. Period. That's it. Nothing that we can try to, to garnish. There's nothing that we can try to get at. There's nothing we can try to achieve in that. Now, judgment. Judgment is very simply... Satan has been defeated. Judgment is Satan has been defeated. And this is, not just some, this is not just some random show of power. This is not just God trying to look cool with, with strength. This is about his plan being carried out to reconcile all things back to him. God's plan from the very beginning was Jesus going to the cross. And it's a very simple and it's a very direct idea of judgment. Satan is done, and the work that he has done in this world will soon be put to rest, and the glory of the Lord will be here and reign here forever. Sin, righteousness, judgment are all interpreted interpreted in the light of who Jesus is. I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that you will receive what he will make known to you. Jesus is gonna turn the work of the spirit from the world to the believer. And he tells him, there's, there's a lot of stuff I really want to tell you guys. In fact, there might be too much stuff. Maybe he thinks that their, their brains are going to turn to mush or something like that. But the reality of it is their experience up to this point limits what they can understand, limits their knowledge, limits what they can really process on a human level. There are things that are going to be made known to them only when Jesus is glorified and he sends the advocate to help them. Until then, they just don't fully get it. They cannot live the life in all of its fullness that Jesus is calling them to live. But little by little, as time goes on, this spirit of God that Jesus will send will lead them deeper and deeper into knowledge and understanding of truth. And so, and so it is, it's, it's that way for us. That's the Spirit's job in our life. We receive the Holy Spirit and we can begin to understand what Jesus calls us to. 
Without that spirit of God in our lives, we cannot fully get it. We cannot fully live it. We cannot fully understand it. Until you come to believe, you cannot receive the fullness of the spirit in your life. You cannot and cannot live in that fullness. You know, that's why for me, I don't get angry with people who, who say are not Christian and so they don't act like a Christian. Like I don't, I don't correct people's language when I'm out and about because why do I expect a, Christian per, a non-Christian person to act like a Christian person? Why do I expect that they are going to make something other than their own self ultimate in their life? They, they, they can't because the Spirit has yet to work in their hearts. That's why this... Scriptures are foolishness to those who don't believe. But you know, now that that Jesus has been glorified on the cross, we who have put our faith and our trust in him, we have the spirit of God in our our lives, in our heart, in our soul, just working in and around us. But see, there's, there's this tension that happens there. There's, I don't know, I guess maybe we can call it a problem that takes place. Do we really take the time to engage our faith, to engage his spirit? Do we take the time to listen to that small, quiet voice? Do we slow down enough to hear God speaking to us? Do we open ourselves up to actually listen and maybe act upon what God is telling us? You see, in, in the Western world, in America, we live lives of distraction and busyness, laziness, even, even indifference. For many, even, even followers of Jesus, they just live these passionless lives and they just kind of go through the motions. And that's not what God would have for his people. There is more to our life than just humdrum, another day, another dollar attitude. Remember, you've been chosen, appointed, sent with a purpose to make a difference. But do we take the time to listen, to constantly listen, to consistently listen? You know, and there's so many ways that we can engage the Spirit of God in our lives. Just, you know, prayer, silence. I mean, there's, there's many, many different ways. And so this morning, this morning, we are going to, uh, we're going to do an exercise this morning. We're going to do an exercise in listening to the Holy Spirit to speak into your life, into your heart this morning. I'm going to force you to take time to do this. I hope this is not the only time you will. And like I said, for some of you, this is going to be uncomfortable because it's going to be done in silence. Silence means no talking. And for some of you, you've, you've never actually sat down and done this type of thing before because you're too busy or too distracted. Or maybe you've made something ultimate in your life besides God that's just pulled you away. It's going to be something that's very personal to each person here. And I can tell some of you are already freaked out. I can see it in your eyes and your faces. That's okay. I'm good with that. So I get paid the big bucks, all right? 
we are going to spend time this morning engaging a text of Scripture. And we're going to allow the Spirit of God to speak to us from that text. And you know what? Here's the thing. This is not just going to be a couple minutes. We're going to spend some time on this. Like, I have it mapped out about 15 or so minutes. Yep, mm mm-hmm. 15 minutes of you actually having to sit quietly focusing on the Word of God. (gasps) I know, right? If you're thinking right now, bad day to come to church. If you're thinking right now, maybe I could scooch out of here quick. Or, you know, I only need like seven and a half minutes. Maybe I'll leave early. That's exactly what the enemy wants. That's exactly what the enemy wants you to think because he wants to keep you from engaging the Holy Spirit, allowing the Spirit of God to to speak to you and to work into your life, allowing him to reveal the truths of Scripture as they are relevant to your life. This way, keep you literally in the dark. Keep you living that life of distraction, that life of indifference, that life of passionless living. Church, it's time. It's time that every follower of Christ engages more and more the ministry of God's Spirit. It's, 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 it's ours. It's, it's, it's our possession. He's given it to us. It's, it's our gifts. I'm afraid we just kind of keep it on the shelf and we don't, we don't use it. The, the words of that song this morning, um, that, that the book of books which lays undisturbed and that our prayers to him are too few. And so, there's no sleeping. When I close your eyes, if I hear anybody snork, that means I'm going to know you're sleeping. I'm going to ask you to do this in silence. Take this seriously because it is serious. Things like this, a discipline like this, can change your life. And I'm going to, I'm going to guide you through this. Okay, this is a, maybe it's a guided meditation, you want to call it. If it's uncomfortable, press through. Because I believe that God's Holy Spirit wants to speak. No, I don't believe that. I know that to be fact, that the Holy Spirit of God wants to speak into each one of our lives. Not just today, but every day. I'm actually going to do this from the back because I don't want to be a distraction. I don't want you to look at me. We're going to put the word of God up there in a minute, and, and I'll, I'll do that when, when it's time. So, are you ready? All right. I want you to take a minute and become fully present here. Put all those distractions aside things that you got to do today. Stop thinking about Monday already. Become fully present here. Allow yourself to relax. Allow yourself to become aware of God's presence with you.
simple prayer. Come, Holy Spirit. Here I am. I am a sinner. I'd like you to look up at the screen and begin to read Psalm 34. As you get to the end, I'd like you to read it again, but allow the words to echo and resonate with you. Let them sink in and settle into your heart. And as you read it again, listen for a word or a phrase that catches your attention. I want you to take that phrase or that word and begin to ponder it, and begin to savor it. Listen very simply and open, openly without, without judging it, without analyzing it too deeply. Just kind of let it, let it resonate with you.
speaks that word or phrase, that is meant for you. The Spirit of God has begun to do what he's promised Now take that, that word, take that phrase, take that text and listen for the way that passage connects to your life. Ask the question, what is it in my life right now needs to hear that word? Now begin to explore thoughts, perceptions, or impressions that you're beginning to get. Maybe you need to ask the question, why? Continue to push deeper and deeper into your own heart.
now allow prayer to just flow spontaneously from your heart as fully and as truly as you can. This is where you're entering into a very personal dialogue with God. And if nothing comes, no words come, that's okay. Just sit and be with the word or the phrase that the Spirit has given you. Be aware of what you're feeling, whether it's love or joy, or sorrow or anger, repentance or desire. If you're feeling need or conviction, just pour out your heart to God in complete
Now I'd like you to read the scripture just one more time. Allow yourself to come to rest in the presence of God. You've given your response to whatever the Spirit put on your heart its full expression. See, this is not just the end. As we leave the company of our community, as we leave this personal encounter with God, Resolve to carry this word with you out into the world and live it in the context of your daily life. And as you continue to listen throughout the day to that word that was given to you, you will be led deeper and deeper into its meaning, deeper and deeper into its truth. I know maybe for some of you that was kind of painful. Or maybe for some of you it was quite liberating. But you see, the Spirit of God is not just about the big miraculous things. It's about leading His people to the life that He's called us to live. And this is just one very simple way of doing that. If you can do this a few times a week, I mean, reading the Bible and reading through it, I mean, that's important. But if you can do this a few times a week, that was 15 minutes and 38 seconds. That's all it was. Do you have 15 minutes a couple times a week to hear from the Spirit of God that can change the way you live your life? Do you have 15 minutes that you can hear from the Spirit of God that can revive your soul and bring passion and purpose and meaning and direction. This is just one of the ministries of the Holy Spirit. And, and I hope that, that you took something from this. I hope that something in you was stirred. And maybe, maybe you're feeling like, man, I got nothing. Don't let that discourage you from coming back again. Don't let that be just, well, this didn't work. The word of God will never come back empty again, ever. Right. God, we want to thank you for the ministry of your spirit because of the work of Jesus Christ. And God, continue that work in each one of us. Strengthen that work in each one of us. Deepen that work in each one of us. That we can live the life you've called us to live, 
that we can speak the words you've called us to speak, that we can love the way we have been loved and forgive the way we've been forgiven, and show mercy the way that we have received mercy, and to be men and women of grace. Amen.